0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad recap. Amazingly, the finale of season one. Did we not just start this? We apparently did, because there's only seven episodes in this first season. So we are into episode seven of season one, a no rough stuff type deal got through that one uh written by Peter Gould directed by Tim Hunter this first aired on the 9th of March 2008 and uh crazy to think that here we are already at the end of season one only seven episodes in but a lot to unpack in this one lots of excitement lots of everything else and uh I'm looking forward to getting through this run right now my name is Ben and I'm no pussy I'm good
1: and I'm not and uh tight 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 yeah
0: (laughs) there's a few different ones here I was gonna go with uh the often misquoted yes science which uh, I think we'll talk to which I think is uh kind of like one of those lines like the Luke I am your father which is not how it's said it is no I am your father there's a line in this episode which I think often gets misquoted uh which is a line that was never said but we'll get to that but um yeah, I mean, outside of the quotes, uh, an interesting episode, Nick. Uh, I sort of mentioned last week about how last week felt like a bit of a finale, but then we've got this one. And I actually read some interesting trivia about this episode that it actually wasn't meant to be the finale. So um not sure if you read about that, but uh, yeah, an interesting episode and a very interesting and fascinating way to wrap up the first season.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. So are, are you saying that there was probably they were going to have a longer run, so this probably wasn't the last episode, there would be more after it.
0: From what I briefly read, they originally were planning for a nine-episode first season, right. but the last two got cut short because of the writer's strike.
1: Right, uh, yes. And then yep. a
0: lot of that is also what I briefly read is about maybe why Jesse also got saved. So, right. uh, I mean, I, there's a few different things I've read about Jesse getting saved, and we'll talk about that in this episode. But, yeah, the one thing that I kind of read here was that, yeah, initially it meant to be a nine-episode first season, but they cut it by two. So, initially this maybe wasn't meant to be the finale.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, um, in, the, in the commentary that I uh, that I talked about, you know, um, reading, uh, listening to, sorry, in the, in the last episode, they talked about the writer's strike a little bit, but that feels a lot more natural to me because um, I know we'll probably, you know, start turning our gaze towards season two, potentially at the end of this podcast or maybe in our, our wrap-up podcast. But um, for me, I feel like um, it, it does kind of feel like the stuff with Tuco, was probably, you know, like th- there's a couple of episodes of that next next season and that probably feels like, so maybe like season, sorry, season two, episode two probably feels like a more natural kind of closing, cl- closing point before yep. we kind of move into season two. So, um, yeah, I can totally believe that it definitely feels um, like this is maybe, like I was thinking today of like, you know, most of these kind of um, TV shows kind of have Season finales, which are either like a, you know, everything's right wrapped up in a tight little package, or um, it's a cliffhanger. You know, and you know when we did Nip Tuck, that was very much true. You know, like season one was a was a kind of wrapping of everything up, whereas season two we had a cliffhanger, etc. Um, and this kind of feels like kind of neither like it's um there's a little bit of cliffhangery type stuff but it's definitely not like a, oh my god i've got to tune in next season to find out what happens um yeah. and part of me thought was oh well maybe when they wrote this they didn't actually know they were going to get a second season um but when you when you say that that definitely sounds like yeah they actually had plans to do something and it got pushed into season two so um that 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 story totally checks out for me from a logic perspective
0: yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I think kind of to always tag shows that we've covered here on the Oz Network before, the, the one that I automatically think of in kind of almost a role reversal in the fact that it wasn't the the finale, it was how the season started. Third Watch Season 3, of course, was heavily affected by 9-11, and they couldn't, being the type of show Third Watch is, you couldn't avoid 9-11. So Episode 4 of that season was the, the premiere episode, and it feels very much like a season premiere episode. But of course, with 9-11, they kind of had to do a two-parter, sort of fictionalized version of the, the first responders responding to 9-11. And then you kind of had a special episode where they literally sat down for like two hours and just interviewed, you know, first responders. And this, this was literally three weeks after 9-11. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of when we covered that we went over the history when we got to episode four saying well this is actually the season premiere they kind of had to last minute scramble to make a few different episodes and you can feel that and yeah like sort of we talked about that last week with tuco how kind of he's only in what four episodes and it's the last two and then the first two of the next season so it's kind of that natural feeling thing and it's, it's interesting, like, with Nip Tuck, we talked about that in Season 5, how they kind of split it. Uh, you know, we obviously kind of combined it all as one season, even though you got to the halfway point and it was a season finale feel followed by a premiere. We're going to get that in Breaking Bad, obviously, too, in Season 5. Five. So it's kind of... Yeah, we, we're we complicated on the Oz Network, but we like to point out the history, because that's what we're also doing here. Like, we're obviously going over the recaps, but it's... I mean, this show, the time we're recording this, to date it, it's 13 years old this first season. So um, I think... It's important to kind of note that in history. And, yeah, 2008 was obviously very much affected by the writer's strike, no matter what uh, television show you were involved in back then. So... Um Yeah, obviously a little bit of history around that. But you you sort of loosely mentioned, um, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about this next week on our our recap for the season, but um, you mentioned that this is kind of a thing with AMC, that they sort of do this like a shortened season. I've I've never watched The Walking Dead. I'm not a Walking Dead fan, so I'm not sort of too much around AMC. But I mean, that's obviously a bit of a trend that they do, sort of a very short first season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, you get other show, other networks, and whether that be cable or, or regular American networks, kind of have a formula. Like, you know, um, when it tends to be your kind of your standard broadcast networks, they tend to go with kind of longer seasons, right? Of like twenty-two episodes 22, and things like that. And Twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think, um, you know, when you think of cable shows, often it's like, you know. A, it will sometimes be ten. You know, I think HBO does ten quite often, um, and Walking Dead was or um, very regimented. Once it kind of got into a pattern, which was a sixteen-episode season, eight would be in the fall and eight would be in the spring, um, but it would all be kind of considered one season. Um, and but yeah, Walking Dead, their first. First season, I think, was six episodes, um, and a really, really great way of getting you into the show. I think of like, yeah, you know, it's almost like a mini series, and then you can decide if you kind of want to go on and watch it after that. But um, so I don't know if that's something AMC kind of were doing, but you know, like I, I just feel like there's heaps of kind of parallels between the kind of production well you know like in some ways I guess um, of of these two because they're both AMC and you know it kind of feels like something that they were doing Um, I think when you get into kind of Better Call Saul I think that's pretty much I think they're 10 episode seasons, so um, Mm. I think they had kind of changed the format but you know here we get this kind of seven which as we as we've talked about probably should have been nine and then we kind of get into a regular 13 episode season so again this is a little bit different as well so um yeah i think it is something that they kind of do almost like a pilot season as opposed to a pilot episode so um i don't know if it's something that amc have done on other shows as well to be honest i can't I, i can't say i'm an expert in what other shows amc have actually done so um i wouldn't be able to Tell you entirely, but um, it certainly was something they seemed to be doing around this time frame, anyway.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's, it's actually almost weird, kind of the parallels with sort of Nip Tuck and, and Breaking Bad because they're both kind of on networks that um, at the time weren't really big, and you would argue that both Breaking Bad and Nip Tuck kind of put their networks on the map. Obviously, both weren't the the original. Like obviously, with FX, it was The Shield that kind of was the first one, followed by Nip Tuck, and then Rescue Me kind of really put FX on the map with AMC, it was Mad Men that sort of came first, followed by Breaking Bad, then The Walking Dead. So, um, kind of, they've each had that initial success of one show, followed by, and then boom, boom, boom. Um, So, yeah, very similar sort of things, I guess, with Nip Tuck and then uh, Breaking Bad in terms of the networks that they weren't, it wasn't the HBO, you know, it wasn't Showtime, it wasn't this big sort of network. I mean, we sort of loosely talk a little bit about that with 24, with Fox, like, obviously Fox... Long established when 24 came in with things like the X-Files and the Simpsons. But, you know, that was still establishing itself and sort of, you know, 24 then helped Fox continue to be what it was. Whereas we're talking about Third Watch and Lost, they're on established networks in the US on both ABC and NBC. So kind of, you know, it's a little bit different there. But, I mean, we live in the golden age of television now. where kind of the the cable channel, the kings, and now these sort of NBCs and ABCs and CBSs are kind of on the back front. Whereas back then yeah. this was kind of the opposite still, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: Which is interesting. But again, like sidetracked, you know, history and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, this episode, a no rough stuff type deal, bit of a <laughs> mouthful. Um, any initial thoughts before we get into it? Like, uh, you know, you sort of mentioned a few things there with the, the feel of this one. But, I mean, I think that... If we're going to rank the finales, this might not go up there as one of the greatest finales. But it's it's not a it's not a bad episode. It's just I think if you rank the memorable finales of Breaking Bad, probably not going to go down as one of the most memorable finales. Yeah,
1: and I think probably again to make some comparisons to closing, other, other big shows at the time. You, we- um, you know, this has this has very much a. Um, a Game of Thrones feel, whereas a Game of Thrones was quite famous for, especially in its uh, you know initial seasons, the first three or four seasons, is that the penultimate episode was the big one where there was a you know there was a big a big thing that happened, whether it was a battle or a big you know shocking plot twist or whatever, and then the last episode would be a little bit of kind of tying the pieces together. Um, and this is kind of the same with this one, as I think last week's episode was kind of the big one where big things happen, um, and this feels a little bit more dealing with some of the fallout of those things um, and then, you know, maybe turning our attention to where we're going in season two. So, um, it, it definitely doesn't pack the same punch but you know it's still a breaking bad episode it's still it's still great because it's breaking bad so um it's never going to be bad but um yeah i i think it's um it's definitely slower than the last episode there's a few kind of subplots that we kind of go down the rabbit hole on hmm. which i'm not a huge fan of um but yeah i think um i think it almost has a bit of feeling of like clearing the decks before we kind of get into Breaking Bad proper Which is You know Like you know From season 2 onwards They kind of Have a very clear plan For what they're doing There isn't a lot of Wasted time And kind of Feels like we're You know Last chance to Kind of test out A few of these Storylines See if they work They kind of Doesn't So they drop them And then we Kind of move on Yeah
0: absolutely Uh, I'd relate that To Lost I know we brought That up recently Season 1 Going into season 2 even 24 that we're covering at the moment as well, kind of like, you know, the the first season sets the bar and then you kind of move forward with a pretty standardised format on 24, whereas, you know, they're still kind of almost making up things as they go along in the first season. So, yeah, like, uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, Let's get into it then. We learn that meth is death. Um, (laughs) It's kind of a school school meeting here, uh, basically kind of talking about... uh, Hugo getting arrested and kind of this big deal about uh, how, you know, there's been equipment stolen and all that sort of stuff. Walt's bored. So what do you do? You're going to finger skyler, Why not? Um, <coughs> which <laughs> oh, we've all been here. Uh, we've all been bored in a meeting. So we just, uh, you know, go to town. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure.
1: It's so, it's so weird the kind of, um, you know, like if you were to say to me before we started this rewatch of like, you know, you know on a scale of one to ten like kind of the sexual stuff and breaking yeah. bad, i probably would have said it's like a one you know like it's yeah. not really a big factor at all but we talked last week about a, a cut scene and and there's definitely been stuff that we've seen on screen in this first season i do feel like it gets less as the show goes on say, but, um yeah but yeah this first season there's a lot of it which is, is really interesting
0: because i mean that yeah i forgot at the end of the first episode that he just comes home and like bones Skyler, and now mm-hmm. we've kind of got this so yeah like I forgot about that when I rewatched it, and I forgot about this in this episode. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Like, I don't feel there's anything i mean there's a few things i can think of but it's not really like you know moving forward that this is going to be a i think it's like it's not like nip tuck where we literally every episode you almost expect it you know what i mean so yeah but um yeah walt's bored he's he's only back there basically because he's on leave but um did we mention that last week that he's taken some leave or was that in this episode i don't
1: i i don't think it's actually been mentioned before i think it's probably just been implied you know like no
0: i think it was mentioned i'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure in one of these episodes, again, I sort of watch these all together, but there is definitely one where Skylar sort of mentions about, it might've been the sort of the cancer support group where they sort of mention something and then he's like, Oh yeah, I've got to tell you, I did finally put him for a couple of weeks leave. So right. Okay. Yeah. Or it might be this episode. I don't know. It's one of them, but uh, anyway, he's bored. He starts fingering Skylar. Um this then leads to them going outside and having sex in the uh the the Colby station wagon or whatever it is. Um <laughs> the and, it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um and we kind of get that line where Skylar's like, Wow, you know, why was that so good? And um and then Walt gives a line because it was illegal. So it's kind of playing up to this whole thing of you know, we had it in the first episode that Walt kind of does something illegal and he goes home and has sex with Skylar. You kind of said that that deleted scene was You know, he kind of gets told he gets cancer, so he's going to go to the toilet and masturbate. Um, It's kind of like... I kind of like it, like, because it's sort of... I mean, this is the story of Walt, isn't it? That he kind of, you know, goes on this thing of, like, he's kind of just a suburban, everyday sort of person, Then this is what he turns into when he starts doing illegal things. And we kind of touched on the fact that he kind of had an easy out here. He could just take Elliot's money and just kind of, you know, go ahead, but he takes the route of, I want to keep breaking the law and doing all this sort of Mm. stuff. So... And obviously this is coming just off the back of after he's blown up Tuco's building and he just gets a thrill from it. So um, we we talked a little bit about how they don't glorify drug use in this show, but they in a way might glorify illegal activities because it gives you a bit of a thrill, like a high, like, (laughs) I I don't know. But uh, it's kind of, I mean, we're going to get a little bit in this episode too with Hank and kind of just this interesting conversation about sort of things being illegal and that. So um, yeah. Which I think is kind of the balance, isn't it? When Hank kind of is yeah, the, yeah. the moral voice. But yeah, it's an interesting start to this episode.
1: Yeah, I do love the the um, bouncing Pontiac Aztec <laughs> right next to the cop car. I think that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that kind of like, it's almost, you know, like it's it's so stereotypical kind of in a movie type of thing that it's, yeah, it's it, it does crack me up. It's just really funny.
0: It's um if the, the Chevy's come and knockin' and don't no rockin' don't come and knockin'.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah yeah. Is that
0: is that what we're trying to say? <laughs> with that. Um yeah, that is a really ugly car. It really is an ugly car. Just uh pointing it out
1: there. Yeah, but you can go camping on it, don't forget.
0: Well yes, that's the main thing. Um <laughs>
1: while your mum watches you shower naked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to watch Survivor the same way ever again, knowing that, like, it's either your mum watching you shower naked or you're having sex with your pregnant wife. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like the horny <laughs> nothing, man. Nothing
1: normal, nothing normal happens in this car. And I do love the fact that, speaking of the car, I do love the fact that, like, the, the car kind of stays as quite a, a, you know, a thing for most of the, the run of the show, or well, certainly for the first few first few seasons anyway. Um, And I, I do love that, you know, but I think it's just... You know, it's so funny, like their vehicles are, are so kind of like, you know, because the other one is like, you know, station wagon out of The Simpsons, Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I do really love the vehicle choices on the show. They kind of just, yeah, it's just such a, I guess, a, I don't know a practical or impractical car, whatever, but it certainly feels like it fits who Walt is.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of it's realistic in a way because, like, you know, you don't want him all of a sudden driving around. Like, I mean, yeah, there's obviously that famous episode when he kind of goes out and buys him and Walt Junior the those two fan- souped up cars. But I mean, yeah. it's sort of yeah. And actually, I I noticed in this one, like this scene now when he sort of shows up and he knocks on the RV and you see the uh the Captain the uh, Jesse's car because yep. kind of I don't know how much we've seen of that, but um. So yeah, kind of after the opening credits, uh, we've got this open home. Jesse's got an open home in his house. I love this real estate woman. I just yeah, I don't know too. why. Yeah. She's just so yeah. just like such a real estate agent. And I love it, they're like going through the basement and then kind of they're treading on the floor and it's like I'm and then they look up and the roof's kind of being patched over. And what does she say? Like, it's a bit of a fixer upper or something. Yeah, like yeah. It's a
1: project <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a project. Um and then she's obviously showing these guys out and like, Oh, we've got some other ones we can look at. And, um, Walt shows up and comes to see Jesse who's recovering in the RV. Um, I just love, I just love these fucking bullet holes just in this door that are just right there, you know? Um, and so Walt shows up, gives Jesse the money. This is your share. He basically says that I went and saw Tuco, So he gives him what? 17 and a half grand plus 15 grand for the hospital. And then he says that he's committed to making two pounds a week that they're basically going to be making, what, 70 grand a week, so $35,000 each. Now, um, I definitely had jobs that I've earned less than that in a year. So um, <laughs> just got to say that that's a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> Not saying I'm going to quit podcasting the glorious money that I make from this to go and yeah. cook meth. Yeah, we but, make um, that killing out of it. Our- absolutely. Jesus Christ, rolling in it. Um then the sort of jesse like i like this sort of thing so you think kind of Walt's done the right thing here is stood up to tuco boom we're gonna make some money but then i, I kind of like these levels where you kind of get jesse kind of comes out as a smart one here so while Walt's like the silent partner and look easy we're just gonna make this money Jesse's then obviously got to kind of bring him back down to reality about like, hey, you didn't talk to me. There's a problem here. Where are we going to get pseudo from? Like, you know, I've got to drive 200 miles out of town to go buy a bunch of cold and flu tablets essentially to make this from this. So, um, there's a, a bit of a, an issue there going with that so uh, yeah and of... I
1: quite like that like I talked in the last episode about the whole thing about supply and distribution and we kind of got into the realities of this thing because I think it would be quite easy to just gloss this over on the show of like they just make the meth and it just gets distributed and I do like the kind of y- you kind of get the behind the scenes we're well, not behind the scenes but you know like the, the real deal about like actually moving this product is, is a really hard thing to do and then also getting the 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 ingredient is hard to do and i remember when you know meth or pee as we call it in new zealand for some reason i guess that stands for pseudo um, i remember but, that i remember um, doing
0: stories on it people say like my editor will be like oh you're gonna do a story on pee and i'm like excuse me <laughs> like yeah. on urine? Like what <laughs> what are you talking about
1: yeah it's quite weird because it's ice Say in australia is it ice, is that what uh, you know, ice it? yeah
0: crystal yeah, ice yeah, i think yeah, it's mainly yeah, ice yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah so so yeah um but, but you know like there were lots of stories around and, you know there, well, I remember we went through a phase we you know buying cough syrup or cough medication or whatever it was uh, you know like that was a big deal about you couldn't just buy it over the counter anymore because because people were using using it to make ice or, or meth or whatever you call it um and so i kind of just like the realities of this and it also gives us this really cool kind of um um kind of visual that we get for the rest of the season that you know that they're going to get this, this methylamine and, and it means that the the meth they're making is a different color you know and mm. i think that that's that's really it's it's just a, a really kind of um visual cue you know and it's a prop that you can kind of use that you know it's theirs it looks different um so i, th- I think that just makes it really cool um so so yeah i just i do like the kind of talking about the actual details behind how they're going to get the product that they need and then how they're going to shift it and and obviously, you know, that that is going to bring in some more characters in order for them to, to get the things they need and distribute it in the way they need to in later seasons.
0: Yeah, and I forgot, like, I mean, I didn't forget the whole blue thing because I think that kind of, you know, um, gets quite famous. And I think kind of um the the last song we ever hear on this show kind of has got a bit of a nod to that as well. But um, yeah. I, I, I forgot that it kind of takes to the end of the first season to see that. Like I kind of thought from the, the get go, it was blue, but um yeah, obviously that's going to be a, a sort of thing into it soon. But um yeah, it kind of goes back to, I think what we said in the very first episode of that, that they scientifically researched how you make meth. <laughs> so they kind of, you know, went their way. I think we should just start calling it P the whole time. Like I just, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you New Zealanders. um God, it's been so long since I've lived there. I've forgotten about little things like that. Um, we got this scene in the doctor's office, uh, kind of an update on on Walt and sort of, you know, Skylar sort of asking these questions like, oh, it must be working, like, he's more physical and blah, 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 and sort of the doctors being very much a doctor, like, oh, you know, keep expectations low, but then she kind of brings up about like, oh, what about Eastern medicine, and he's, again, very much a doctor, like, "Mm, as long as it doesn't affect his traditional treatment, like, I don't see the problem, and I guess this is kind of going to be used a bit more for Walt, though, isn't it? To kind of give him an excuse for being away for so long. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get that shortly. Walt and Jesse then meet Tuco in a junkyard. And I kind of like this little back and forth between Jesse and Walt about how, like, Jesse's like... Yeah, of course you would think that this is where we meet. Like, you know, in the movies and that, we might meet in a junkyard. But, you know, we generally just meet at the the taco stand or, like, just meet in the mall, like, at the Gap and Orange Julius and all these sort of things. And, um... I, I, this is where we also get the first sort of Walt with his hat and his sunglasses, the real Heisenberg look, which becomes quite famous. And mm. I, I love it when Tuco shows up and he says the line something like, "Oh, why aren't we meeting at the mall?" Like, and kind of Jesse just gives Walt a bit of a look as if to say, "Like, dude, like I told you." And um, yeah, basically, um, Walt pretty much almost uh, commits to making what four pounds a week, essentially, or four mm. and a half pounds a week. And Jesse's like, what the fuck? And kind of Walt's basically like, give me money up front. This is an investment and yeah. kind of puts Jesse in it. And then this is where Walt basically goes, says like, hey, like don't worry about the pseudo. We'll, we'll come away with it in a different way. So it's interesting the dynamic between these two again, where like Walt kind of takes the lead. And this is going to be a trend, isn't it? That Walt never consults Jesse. It's almost like. Kind of Walt doesn't feel he ever needs to consult with Jesse because, like, he's the brains. Whereas a lot of the yeah. times, Jesse's street smarts and things like that are actually right, and he should really be listening to Jesse.
1: Mm. yeah absolutely and I and I think it's that whole thing of you know he just doesn't have respect for, for Jesse and so therefore just thinks that he's an idiot and, and Walt has all the answers so yeah and I think that becomes you know his ego becomes out of control as the show goes on but yeah I really like that kind of you know that moment where he kind of gets the hat on and um, you know like yeah we are getting the kind of the heisenberg look but you can tell he's not comfortable with it yet you know yeah. he still looks kind of awkward with it and i do really like that as it's um it's not kind of comic booky and that you know suddenly he just puts on the costume and he's heisenberg you know like that is actually like this we're still in a transition period um you know where he doesn't feel totally comfortable being this kind of drug dealing kind of you know boss guy and and i think that's really cool like i do like that. Um you know, we, we are gradually seeing this character become somebody else. So I, it just feels more realistic to me.
0: And another great shirt by Tuco. i just, I just keep yeah, commenting yeah. on. Uh, I know we talked a lot about um, Christian's shirts in uh, Nip Tuck, but uh, I just want to point out uh, Tuco's great shiny shirts. But um, yeah, and so Walt, basically, they're back at Jesse's apartment. Jesse's kind of like, you know, going off about this and never going to get the pills. And then essentially, Walt says. That they're not using pseudo, they're using is it methylamine? Is that what you said it yeah. was called? Yeah. Like, yeah. So basically they're gonna work out a way to do this. And this this is, yeah, going back to what I said at the very beginning, this is maybe like the most misquoted line in all of Breaking Bad. So for some reason, there's like this uh famous line that apparently Jesse says of science bitch, or yeah, science bitch. He never says that line. He simply says, Yes, Mr. White, yeah, science. But mm. for some reason, people always think he says science, bitch. And I remember seeing an interview with Aaron Paul where he's kind of like, yeah, people come up to me all the time and say, like, science, bitch. And he's like, I never actually said that line. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, can I, is that the line you were talking about being misquoted in the finale or is that is there a different one? I know you said there's like a swearing section in this episode which is so famously dubbed over or something like that or...?
1: Oh, no that's, the, that's, uh, no, that's not the finale. That's kind of right at the end of, of the whole thing in season five.
0: Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I now, the, so. the, just just going to the methylamine, I think it's really cool because this also becomes a bit of a feature of the show as well of, you know, like the methylamine and, um, you know, it, it becomes this kind of critical thing that makes them stand out and be different and it kind of just shows that, you know, while 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 does underestimate jesse like his his understanding of chemistry is really important because you know the people that are making this drug normally they just don't understand the science and the chemistry behind it but he does and he understands you can use this other um this other ingredient to make it happen and i keep meaning to buy one of the methylamine t-shirts you often see them around which is like because it's got this really cool like the the, the symbol that is on the barrels for methylamine is kind of like this B. Um, if you kind of, if you just Google methylamine, you'll kind of see it. It's, it's on all the barrels and stuff. And it, it's just like quite a cool t-shirt design as well. It's like a, quite a subtle nod to Breaking Bad. You'd have to be a fan to understand it if you saw somebody walking along with it. But I think it's always one of those things I think about with the show is that that kind of B symbol that's on all the barrels is, is really, really cool.
0: I did not know that. There you go. I'll have to look that up. But I like this kind of scene when Walt writes out this list and, like, I, I, like, I'm so Jesse here when he's, like, I can't even pronounce half of these things. How am I meant yeah. to get these? And, like, kind of, like, the nice little speech where uh, Walt basically says, like, you know, this is the start of the rest of your life, basically. Like, you know, you've got to work out how you you take that. So it's kind of, like, a bit of a prominent scene, kind of, you know, forcing Jesse to go out there and kind of, you know, be a bit more outgoing and all that sort of stuff. And he's, he's basically going to do that. So um, good on you, Jesse, with the street smarts and all that kind of stuff. Um, then we had the baby shower which yeah. um y- yay um <laughs>
1: it's kind of quite funny like I, I always think these shows that have got um you know a really small ensemble cast like you often have people in scenes like this that you would never normally have like I I, I I don't know i just I, it, it seems strange to me that the the school principal carmen is at this baby shower <laughs> so i suppose it's not that not that weird i guess but you know it does kind of feel like because we don't really have many principal actors we kind of have to pull people in just because they're a female and this is a female baby shower for the most part apart from walton hank apparently yeah. um you know that um it, it, it's just quite funny like these people who are just like a bit of a hodgepodge of all these characters that we've got that probably wouldn't attend something like this in real life
0: well, she does have an ass like an onion, Nick. It does make you that's want true. to cry. So, but that's uh, true. And
1: obviously, and Walt Junior is obviously into a bit of the perving as well. He <laughs> has That like that camera shot of that boobs, boobs. Yeah.
0: It's very like octopusy when it's like zooming in on the bloody in the Q Lab if you remember that scene. But um, yeah, like <laughs> we've got Marie being all over the place, like uh, you know you're in the stomach and Esmeralda and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And we get, classic hank with his (laughs) i would probably married shania twain (laughs) i just love hank's laugh um and then we kind of get a nice little bit though of um of walt you know sort of talking like i'm very proud of you because you know again realistically i guess we probably think he's not going to be around for her for 18th birthday or whatever it is but um this is like i always watch this i've got to think that in so this is 2008 so holly when she's 18 it'll be 2026 are we not thinking there's going to be a sequel to Breaking Bad in about five years' time where they're going to follow his daughter (laughs) and this is going to be played to her, like, in the opening sequence and, you know, Walt's got some people after him and she kind of can't escape? Like, I don't know. Like, I I feel like this is something that could happen. I I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I do think... um... You know um we're a kind of spoiler free podcast for the most part um so i, I won't go into what happens to these characters will will eventually unwrap that as we go along but um i think it's quite fun to kind of watch this and, and watch kind of um walt speech you know to the camera um, when you do have the full knowledge of what happens at the end of the show. So mm. that's all I'll say about that. But I think this is, you know, a, a, as a rewatch thing, I think this is a lot of fun to kind of rewatch this. But um, but yeah, I could definitely see this being kind of the launch pad for some kind of sequel. You're right.
0: Yeah, I, I just kind of read it that way. And we get, it's this really weird, like again, we, if we can just gel over one storyline, it's Marie gets caught as a shoplifter because basically Marie gives a tiara. And then it's just kind of going to lead into this whole sequence later on. And it's just, it's, it's a bit awkward. It's a bit weird. And kind of Marie's all excited about giving this tiara. And Sky's like, oh, tiara, yay. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. And we'll get to that soon. But then Hank and uh, Walt got the back and have a drink. And Hank's kind of like, you got anything stronger than this? Um, they have a bit of scotch and he pulls out a couple of Cuban cigars, which apparently illegal, but, uh, Hank had some deal with an FBI buddy of his. And we get a, like a cool, interesting little conversation, which is kind of like, almost like Hank almost being like the moral center, kind of bringing you back to reality, kind of like, well, it's still illegal, isn't it? Like I have these conversations every single day with people who are like, when Willie Nelson's president, like this will be legal. And it's actually really interesting to kind of look at this perspective. Cause you know, I've lived in Canada where weed is legal. Like mm. you literally can walk into a store in Canada, like it's a corner store, and buy weed, and mm. they they're everywhere. Like it's just mm. they're as common as a corner store. It's 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 crazy when you first see it, and you, you like it's fascinating that you can just go in and buy it, and it's completely legal. Um, yeah. so like obviously yeah, this I th- is I think a, it's, oh sorry, I was just gonna say obviously this is a bit of a talking point because I mean since this has aired thirteen years later, I mean. I don't know if it's at least half of the states in the U.S., but there's a large portion of the U.S. where the states, it is legal. So, Mm. kind of, it is always a conversation. I believe you guys recently had a referendum to vote for it being legal or not, too. So, it is an interesting conversation where, kind of, Walt's, you know, sort of talking about things about how, like, today it's illegal, but tomorrow it's legal. And, like, they even Mm. sort of bring up the fact that crystal meth used to be legal, which, I don't know, is Mm. that true? I, I didn't know that. But, and they sort of use a prohibition argument, that, like, if we were drinking this in 1930, we'd be arrested right now. So... Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there because you know you could go down a rabbit hole entirely about the legality of this stuff, and I think there's probably shows that have done this better. Like I think, while I'm not a fan, I understand that The Wire has done like a whole season that's about the drug war, and, and you know it's a critical acclaim and, and things like that. So you know I do think it's something that's been mined quite a lot, um, you know, in, in kind of other places. So yeah, I think it is a really interesting kind of thing that um, a discussion to have because it is going to still. Continue to be relevant, um, you know, as as we go along, because yeah, we're still having this conversation about the the legality of drugs, and, and while well, you're totally right that, um, you know that that um, cannabis has been legalized in a lot of different places in the states, um, you know, there was still a big talking point, I think. So at the last election, I think that um, Washington DC kind of was it magic mushrooms that they legalized or whatever it was. So, you know, like there's still an ongoing discussion that's not ending with marijuana. And yeah, you're right. We had a we had a referendum last year about this, and um, and it actually failed, um, which is really interesting because I think people think of New Zealand as this kind of quite liberal country. But um, as it turned out, you know, even though it was a, a landslide election for a, um, a left wing party, left wing government, um, we still, as, as a country, voted against legalizing cannabis so um it's one of those places where the rest of the world's kind of moving a bit quicker than us actually um so yeah i think it's it's really interesting and that whole idea about um you know, there's a discussion now about in New Zealand. I'm I'm not sure in other places as well about you know the restrictions we're starting to put on tobacco consumption is starting to drive some of it underground because we're taxing it so highly to kind of stop people smoking, um, and that's actually leading some people to start growing their own <laughs> tobacco and and that kind of thing. So it's that whole balance of you know if you dr- if you make things illegal or you make them so expensive that they're not you know re reached by most of the population is that that creates a black market. So I think that's really interesting. You know. America was a place that had prohibition for a while, so alcohol was illegal. And So, yeah, I think it is a really cool place to have a conversation. And, um, you know, I, I think probably it's not a centrepiece of the show, but it's definitely something that gets touched on as we go along. So, um, so yeah. Have you ever smoked a cigar?
0: A cigar? No. I think Dad had one. He used to get them randomly as a kid, and I liked the smell of them. Like, they, mm-hmm. like, kind of were weird, like... I've been around smoking my whole life. My parents smoked growing up, so, like, I've been around it, but um, never smoked myself. I mean, maybe when I was drunk, you'd grab a cigarette. But, like, um, yeah, I... No, never smoked a cigar. So, you're not meant to smoke them aren't you, you know what I mean? You're meant to just kind of put it in your mouth and puff it Yeah,
1: something. yeah, you don't really inhale it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I, like I've like i never smoked either, but, you know, I've... I've um been around people like I think when when all my group of of friends turned 21 there was this whole thing of everybody got a cigar and you know so we all kind of helped smoke the cigar when people turned 21 and I've been at kind of um not necessarily like a bachelor's party but you know the night before a wedding being with kind of like the the grooms you know, the groom party or whatever, um, and, and had a cigar and yeah, along with really expensive whiskey and it's kind of wasted on me. Both of those things yeah. are wasted on me. It's uh yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't really get the appeal, but <laughs> it is really interesting that it's kind of like this thing that you use to celebrate. But, uh, I think most of the people who do it probably don't <laughs> really enjoy it all that much.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Like, like how people drink, like straight spirits and things like that. And it's kind of a thing. Yeah, I'm kind of that way. Like it's, it's fine, but like I, I can't really. I remember being somewhere, I think it was in the States somewhere. I think it was actually saying at T Bird's house of all things. And her husband whipped out this fancy bottle of like whiskey or something. Like, come on, bed Have them, you know, pause like the little, you know, nibbet in the glass and you're meant to drink. And I'm like, this is like pure, like what? Do I have a mixer with this? Like, I, don't, I didn't get it. Like, it wasn't sort of something that appealed to me. But it's interesting you talk about, yeah, like the underground thing with the tobacco. I remember we had a prime minister when I was a teenager. And the big thing was binge drinking. Like, all oh, the teenagers, they're binge drinking. And it's so, like, you had those, um, you know, like, vodka cruisers, kind of. It was just, like, soda and vodka, basically. And they were quite cheap, and that's what we drank as teenagers. So the Prime Minister called them Alco Pops. And they're like, yep. this is what the kids drink. So we're going to tax them and go from being $10 for a six-pack to, like, $50 for a six-pack. It didn't bother us. We were just like, okay, cool. We'll just buy whatever's cheaper then. Like, I mean, yeah. it wasn't – we weren't doing it because we liked it. We just wanted to get drunk. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. problem that they didn't realise. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, New Zealand had a bit of a thing of like um, supermarkets here allowed to sell beer and wine but not spirits. So those kind of Alcopop things are not sold at at – supermarkets Mm. Um, and so you know like supermarkets kind of claimed for a while that you know the major harm being done by alcohol was being done by these alco pops which was not sold by them so you know there should be no restrictions put on them selling alcohol beer and wine but the thing that kind of changed you know I guess in the last 10 years is that cider has become a big thing which has kind of got that similar it's kind of sweet and um, you know it's accessible to lots of people and it starts to get marketed with you know big bright colours so that it kind of looks like an alco pop even though it's, it's cider so um yeah it's kind of just it, it, you know see you know this whole this whole kind of um thing here has kind of led us to a really interesting conversation so um yeah i think it's it's a really relevant point that the kind of legality of drugs and and you know the the, the kind of value or the um the way that society deems drugs to be good or bad is um, you know is really open to, to lots of different discussions really
0: So many levels of that too. Like, I mean, you look at things like cancel culture now, where it's kind of like, oh, we've got to cancel something from 20 years ago because it's offensive now. But I mean, it's like, well, 20 years ago, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, but like, it was more acceptable. It's like, today, you and I are podcasting in 20 years time. If podcasting is frowned upon and illegal... Do we go back and cancel? Well, I mean, you would cancel us because we're shit, but like, it, you know, as, as a weird example, but... Um, it wouldn't be
1: the first time somebody tried to cancel us, so, you know.
0: Oh, don't worry. If one of us makes it famous, we wouldn't last five seconds. they would just go back and listen to like, you know, a tenth of the episodes we've done, particularly what I say sure. half the yep. time, so... Yeah. Um, they just have to isolate our My Name Is clips, and uh, you know... Yeah, exactly, Yeah. Uh, so later that night, Walt is online and he's basically going to say that, uh, he's going to go away for a Navajo sweat lodge for the weekend. So, uh, he's getting into this alternative medicine, Nick, and basically using his excuse to go away for the weekend. Uh, and Skylar also mentions that she's going to return Marie's gift. Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen there. <laughs> God, we really care about that. Um, Walt goes to Jesse's, he's basically got all the supplies except for the methylamine and... This is when, basically, Walt is like, we can steal it. They're going to have to pay $10,000 for this crew to do it. But then Walt's like, no, we can do it ourselves because he sees an etcher sketch And uh, essentially, he somehow finds, like, 30 etcher sketches gets the thermite out of an etcher sketch tells his story about how in World War II, uh, the Allies could, like, destroy a German gun with the use of thermite, even though it was, like, inches thick of steel. And so, basically, they're going to break through this big-ass lock to steal uh the the methylamine so uh we'll get to that and i'll just look i'm gonna cap this at Skyler gets caught as a shoplifter because she goes to return <laughs> the tiara douche nozzle uh jewelry guys basically like this is stolen i'm arresting you and then Skyler's like i'm calling channel three news i think i'm going into labor and then basically leaves and calls up Marie because we needed the plot of Marie gets caught as a shoplifter because that's apparently important for the finale so
1: yeah and i and i guess that's the you know a, a- exhibit B or whatever we're up to now of like, this wasn't meant to be the finale because if it was, you'd never put this kind of, you know, it's not exactly a new plot line, but it's a, it's a pretty underdeveloped plot line. We, we wouldn't suddenly be chucking this into the finale. So um to me, it kind of really checks out that they didn't intend on ending the season here because you just wouldn't include that stuff here. Did it go? Um Does it go, yeah, does it go
0: anywhere without being spoiler? I feel it doesn't, it doesn't just disappear. I like.
1: mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 very happy to be proven wrong but I'm pretty damn sure that it doesn't really go anywhere. It kind of feels like we're just trying to give Marie something to do like I think we've got, you know, of that kind of family unit, you've got five if you're including Walt Jr and, and all of them have been developed to a degree already and you know I think you've got to give Marie something to do otherwise she starts to fall behind Um yeah. and you know she's never going to be and I don't think anybody expects her to be the most important of those five um, or even the second or third most important but I think if you've got kind of you know three to four very very well developed main characters within this family and then she's not I think suddenly kind of just everything just feels pretty awkward so um, I think you do have to give her something to do do I like what they do here no I I definitely do not like what they do here but um, at the same time um, I I kind of feel like they're in a rock and a hard place they have to give her something to do Um, and I think probably what they end up doing with her long term in the the show is kind of um, you know it's all related to Hank which kind of feels More natural you know i think Mm -hmm. kind of like whatever happens to hank that's maybe not related to the dea stuff um she's central to kind of pushing hank forward as a character um and so to me i think that kind of feels like a better use of marie going forward so to me this just feels like a bit of a swing and a miss a little bit like the jesse's family stuff like um you know it's one episode you know we're you know like well maybe one and a bit episodes but it's not really hurting us long term but yeah it's definitely doesn't really work as part of a finale
0: i feel at least with the jesse's family stuff i think i alluded to a bit of it last week though that you can kind of see where he comes from you can kind of see that he doesn't really have support of his parents no matter what he does yeah. so kind of like he can look at walter a father figure because he doesn't really have a father figure so it's a good maybe, backstory yeah, yeah. like it, you get at least a bit there but um you mentioned a few weeks back about the uh the the comedy of breaking bad that isn't super intentional but um I love this sequence of them stealing the mithlamine. <laughs> like, even just the whole thing of, like, getting these beanies and cutting holes in it. And it's like, this is all they had at the store. And it's like, you go to a different store. <laughs> like, and he's just cut, like, holes, like clown masks almost, basically. And so they basically wait for this guard. There's one guard guarding this chemical factory. They essentially tie him up in a cubicle... And then they, like, use this thermite. And even just the little lines when Jesse's like, is this going to make a big bang? It's like, oh, we're about to find out. <laughs> like He had no idea what's going to happen here. They end up stealing this barrel while then going through the roller doors. And I just love that scene where he like the, you've got the renter cop sort of security guard banging the door like, hey, hey, help me out. And you just yeah. see them so awkwardly rolling the barrel on the ground. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. But I mean, again, this is one of those things where it's like, if you want to really nitpick it, would they get away with this? Send me security cameras. Surely this is something that's not gonna be that hard to trace, but it's funny. I don't want to nitpick this apart because this is a brilliant scene. I, I love them stealing this barrel of methylamine
1: yeah I, I love the fact that kind of they break in and he's expecting like gallon jugs that they can kind of just pick a few up and run away with and you know they end up with this massive barrel because it's the only thing they can do and they kind of have to like open the door and roll it away it's <laughs> um, it's really funny and um, you know it, it is one of those things we get a few callbacks the kind of like barrels being rolled around is something that happens a lot on the show um so you get quite a few kind of callbacks to it it's quite funny but um yeah and i I do think it's really clever what they kind of do here um to to make because they could have gone two ways here they could have made this like a super tense scene you know of like are they going to get away with this and um and you know i think probably a more traditional director or, or showrunner would probably have gone with that you know um that kind of thing that would kind of make it feel tense and, and you're on the edge of your seat. But they go with humour here. And I think this is one of the things that makes Breaking Bad such a good show is that um, they know not to be completely serious all the time, that they do use humour to kind of make the show better. Um, and they've got the actors to do it. You know, they've got some comedic actors who can kind of pull the stuff off. So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a really, probably an unusual, but a choice that actually works really, really well.
0: And I correct myself. They don't actually roll the barrel when he's stuck in the this. They're kind of like awkwardly they, carrying they it. they lift it. Of, yeah, 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 they're yeah. lifting yeah. it, uh, which is which is equally as funny. Um, this is, again. I got confused on another later famous scene with magnets, bitch. Um, I kind of thought that this was that, but that's not to like the fifth season, isn't it? Like when they kind of have to steal something. Yeah, that's that right. Day hand, yeah. Like that, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we've got sort of a sequence now where they're about to cook. They can't start the RV. This is, I think, going back to like a week or so ago, where I kind of thought that they couldn't because the the arrow was stuck in the fuel tank or something like that. But um, I'm thinking of getting *Back to the Future*, apparently. Um, so they're gonna have to cook in Jesse's basement when there just happens to be an open home going on during the day. <laughs> like, I love real estate agent lady when they're kind of got all the people in the house and somebody's like going, like sniffing, and she just kind of gets the air freshener and just like smiling, just, yeah, just like. Yeah. Yeah. Around and basically Jesse kicks everyone out. He's basically like, uh, "You can't go in the basement, bitch! Open home, close house, not for sale." <laughs> like, do we actually ever get? I don't think we get to see what happens at Jesse's house, or do we learn that he sells it, or am I? I think he not ends up staying
1: him? there, doesn't he? Like, I think, um, I, I think he kind of stays there for. But oh does no, he, because he, he moves into he, the
0: apartment next season, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah.
1: Well, let's let's um, let's just kind of remember what happens there. I, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't fully remember. So let's kind of like just put a, a question mark on that. And we'll come back to it when we we'll remember. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Do Do you have any relatives who are real estate agents? <laughs>
0: relatives relatives or
1: friends or, or anyone that would be offended if I started having oh, a go at real estate oh
0: go, go for it I, I know real, like I've known real estate agents absolutely they're I've all, known them, they're
1: all but... a bit weird aren't they and, oh, gotcha. and, I think like, and I think she kind of um she pulls this weirdness off I think and you know like I'm sure we've got a, a large uh, number of real estate agents who listen to um, the <laughs> Oz Network so absolutely. I apologise it, it is it is all in jest but it's kind of that, that whole thing of kind of like that frenetic energy that you kind of need to do that job where you've kind of you know because you, it's a job that never stops right you're always doing you know weekend open homes as we call them not open houses in, in new zealand um but um, um yeah. but 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 yeah and and you know like you're always on call to show someone around a, around a house and you've got to have that kind of you know that kind of happy demeanor and then you, you know, talk about the whole air freshness scene but you know she's trying to to be happy and and sell these houses and um you know so i i think she kind of captures that kind of essential weirdness that there is to being a, a real estate agent uh, the, with, yeah uh, this... advance apologies to any any listeners who are real estate State
0: agents, um, Look, I'm not there. going to apologize for what I'm about to say. They definitely fit the mold of one of those like skeezy professions that you just never like. Like, I mean, I'm a journalist. I can't talk. Everyone hates journalists. But um, <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't like used car sales people. Like they're just all the same. They're skeezy and they're just like, you. Just, I just feel all gross when I'm around them. And it's like. Um, then they I shoot per- a
1: puppy with a bow and arrow.
0: Exactly. Allegedly. Um, but uh, <laughs> I like, like there are certain professions like I personally hate IT people. Like, I just, I like if I ever get to a point where I have to speak to an IT person, I'm like, oh, like, well, I feel dumb because I should be able to sort this out myself. So, I think we all have professions that you just almost don't like, don't respect. Like, most people don't respect politicians. I'm kind of yeah. on the opposite page because I've worked for politicians and I've dealt with enough of them that I understand a lot more of their job than maybe yeah. people who are just judging. But again, I'm not saying there aren't yeah. bad politicians. I'm a journalist, I feel like I'm not a bad journalist. But there are a yeah, lot well, of things. Yeah, well
1: it's the same genres. thing with me is I'm a, I'm a council bureaucrat, so I'm I'm used yeah. to people having a, an, an opinion of, of us sitting around drinking coffee and scratching our ass all day and not actually doing anything. So so yeah, yeah um, I'm 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 building into the, the stereotypes, which is which is basically to say that this kind of um, guest actress we've got doing this role is is really good. She kind of feels like she fits into it.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I feel like we should find out what is her name. Um She is Beth Bailey as Realtor. Good on you, Beth Bailey. She is most well-known here. Her most well-known role is of Realtor from Breaking Bad. (laughs) She's also been in Manhattan, Cesario, Day of the Soul, whatever that one is, and Midnight, Texas. So she's just a bit actor, it looks like, in lots of... And, of course, as we often do on this show we always try to connect every actor we talk about that surely has been one of the Law and Orders, and yes, she has been in Law and Order Criminal Intent. So <laughs> <laughs> I swear every actor who has ever acted has been in a Law and Order show. So just, uh, it's like an Australian actor has always been in Neighbours or Home and Away. There's just yeah. no getting out of it. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Um. There's also a scene in between all this of Skylar confronts Marie about shoplifting. So uh, I don't have anything to add on that. I think you've talked about no. it. No, We don't care either. about it. Yeah, cool. Good for you, Skylar and Marie. Um, Walt comes home. Obviously, well, can I just can
1: I just basically yeah. just go back slightly, which is to the um, how um, how odd this cooking scene feels because I think like. I think of Breaking Bad, I think of the cooking scenes, and I think, um, especially in these first two seasons anyway, of them being in the RV, and, you know, it is really weird to have this one scene where they are actually cooking in a, in a house, in Jesse's house. Like, it, it just feels out of place. Um, that's, not a, that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just an observation, really, that this just feels a little bit strange compared to what we're used to. Um, yeah. And I think that actually kind of helps a little bit of the tension of the scene as well, of them trying to shoot people out of the house, because we're quite used to them being in kind of like this almost um you know the sealed bubble when they're making meth because they're out in a quote-unquote safe space um and so to kind of see them you know like in the, putting themselves in danger by cooking them and you know like we've all heard stories of houses that blow up and you know because there's a meth lab in them um so to kind of see them in a house is just it's a little bit jarring but a, a, not necessarily in a bad way like jarring makes it sound bad it's it's not it's just it's just an interesting kind of juxtaposition to what we're used to when we see these scenes
0: you know, one thing that actually I just remembered from my time in New Zealand, which I found an odd thing, is when we got a house, they had to do a meth test. They had to go through <clears> and do like a test to make sure, and then they did it like once you left. Yeah. Don't do that in Australia. Didn't do that in Canada. I found that incredibly odd. Um, I think so. it's
1: actually bullshit. They've, they've proved since then that they actually can't really detect if that stuff's even happened. Um, wow. Or, or they can't prove that having residue like that is harmful to your health or something like I remember there being a big scandal here of like yeah there was like a big industry basically of, of companies that went in and tested houses before like when you did a pre-purchase inspection if you're buying or if you're moving in when you're renting that you could check these things and I think there was whatever it was was bogus it was I, I'd have to look into the details but uh, it was either A it's having that residue is actually not ha- as harmful to you as they made out B they can't actually test to see if it's there or not or whatever it is like it ended up being like a a real kind of scam, so that I don't think they actually do it anymore.
0: Wow, well, yeah, that was that was an odd thing, and I remember also too the weird New Zealand things that Ben remembers today on the Oz Network. <laughs> but um, when I first got a job there, they drug tested me, um, which I know certain things here in Australia they do do that. It depends on the the industry, but like as a journalist, I've never been drug tested before, <laughs> I'm so. Might fake.
1: make you a better, might make you a better journalist if you're on like myth or speed. Maybe. You know, you get through more articles. But well, yeah, I remember I mean, the
0: you, I was because we left you because we couldn't get it done in Hamilton, and I had right. to go to Tauranga, but then we yeah. missed it. So then I had to end up getting it done in Wellington. It was like a fucking yeah. traverse on the North Island for me to get a fucking drug to pee in a cup. Yeah. New Zealand won't let me pee in a cup in like yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That was yeah, odd. Yeah,
1: people just, people just pee on the streets in Hamilton. It's, yeah, you know, well, like, why, why waste <laughs> good cups? Um, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I've, I mean, I've been in, in the workforce for however many years and in, in New Zealand and never been drug tested. So um, it's a bit of a weird thing. I wonder if it's just something, you know, like a company or, a, 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 you know, the, the newspapers had a bad experience so they kind of <laughs> get everybody to do it. I don't know. So, yeah. Don't
0: worry, that boss was fucked in the head. I ended up leaving because of her. So maybe she was just on drugs and she was like, oh, are you are going to get drug tested? Yeah, fucking no, whatever. Um, Walt comes home. Skylar's like, "You smell weird," and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a Navajo herbs or whatever it is." And um, this is we've got a few bits hasn't, in this episode. Yeah, he
1: hasn't, hasn't quite got his lies on point at the, at this stage, <laughs> a like that's like. we well, yeah, buying the, the,
0: everything though. Skylar's yeah. like fully on board. Like, oh, you're going away for the weekend with a Navajo retreat and kind of like you know like, I I've defended Skylar this season and like I gotta say I kind of still feel a bit bad for Skylar because like okay, Walt's not going off having an affair. I mean, he's still doing illegal things, but, like, I'm sure she's not going to be happy either way if she finds out. But, like, it's still... I kind of just feel bad for Skylar that she's been walked over so much and kind of used. Like, I mean, we're definitely... I don't think we're at peak Skylar being annoying which people complain about. But, again, I I feel like... I know there's one storyline I'm not going to defend Skylar for, but uh, outside of that, like... Again, as we said at the very beginning of the show, I've never been one of these people who is so anti-Skylar. So um, I
1: feel. Bad well, I'm really, look, I'm really looking forward to that discussion because I think that's really a season two thing. Um, you know, where I think, and I think it's more that as an audience we want to we, you know you're on Walt's side at that point in the story and you kind of yeah. she becomes a bit of a barrier to him doing the things that are going to kind of move the story along so I think more than anything it's probably people getting annoyed at the narrative rather than Skylar being this kind of annoying bitch but it was easy to just throw that on her and um, and you know maybe with 2021 Vision we, we kind of we'll see that a little bit differently when we, when we watch that in season two. So that's something really interesting to come back to and, and, and have that discussion as we, we roll through the next season.
0: For sure. Like, I mean, for our long, long long-term listeners who have been with us, you know, for the last 10 years, happy 10th anniversary to our various forms. And we'll be celebrating that later this year on the Oz network. Um, For our survivor fans. I mean, 2001 gerrymanthi was the biggest villain in television history and you go back and watch it now and you're like why like what is gerrymanthi what's wrong with gerrymanthi you know but i guess you watch it back then and it was so new and unique and different whereas like yeah now um you know anyway different different audience obviously but um we kind of have one of these sort of moments again where we get a few of these in this show, don't we? where are kind of, you know, Walt's like, oh, what would you do if I was doing something illegal? Like, you know, like, would you still love me? And kind of things like that. And it's kind of interesting kind of to, you know, have these little moments, isn't it? So, I mean, it's a bit of a tease, bit of a, you know, uh, that, what, what does Skylar actually say here to him? Like when she says, would you turn me in? And doesn't she say something like, oh, you'll have to wait and find out or something like They're Kind of just yeah, flirting or yeah. something?
1: or Yeah, I think so, yeah.
0: It's yeah. nothing sort of major major, but um I mean, without being spoilery, just just bookmark that. Like it's it's it is one of these things though, like if you're in a relationship and it's kind of like if somebody, you know, Oh, would you still love me if I was in a wheelchair? You know, you're to say, oh, Of course I would. Like and I'm not saying like as soon as they're in a wheelchair, you fuck off, but like it's kind of like it's one of these questions that you kind of just ask in a relationship. Would you still love me if I cheated on you? Like kind of things like that. And you just kind of, you had that viewpoint of what you would do, but then you don't know what you would do until you actually are faced <clears> with <throat> that situation. So yeah, I mean, just maybe bookmark this conversation as something that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think
0: prob- probably
1: this, this episode's really fun because um, in a sense it kind of talks a lot about the ethics you know like we've already had that conversation about drugs and the ethics of drugs and legalities um with walt and hank and now we're having a a similar discussion about you know the, the ethics of if you found out you know a significant other was involved in a crime you know what what choices would you make and um and and i think that kind of leaving these things hanging in the air is quite fun because you know they're obviously set up for you know the things that are going to happen later on we know walt's involved in, in both drugs and illegal activities at the moment and you know how those that are going to be impacted by that will will you know react as we get further into the story or something that's quite interesting so it's a little bit of setup isn't it for, for payoff yeah. later on
0: well i mean thank you to breaking bad wiki to kind of clarifying because my notes aren't fantastic but yeah basically um you know is telling walt about marie stealing and kind of walt sort of is saying that sometimes people do things for their families I and mean, then sort of, yeah, Skylar's asking, does that, you know, justify stealing? And then Walt, yeah, he's like, would what would you do if, you know, that was me? Would you divorce me, turn me into police? And Skylar's like, you don't want to find out. And, again, like, I don't know why I keep bringing up Dexter all the fucking time, but, like, it's kind of, it is those sort of shows where it's, like, doing bad things for good reasons, like, you know, like, and it's, I mean, we are in the age of the anti-hero, really, in television here, aren't we? You know, like, I mean, Tony, yeah. Soprani, Tony Soprano and The Sopranos kind of set that up. You know, we're talking a bit over on 24 about sort of Jack Bauer doing bad things for good reasons and kind of things like that. You know, it's it's always that fine line where you kind of... But that, I mean, that's what's perfect about a show like this because it's entertaining and it brings conversation, water cooler conversation, you know, like is it okay for for Walt to be doing this? Because wasn't there was that show around about this time too? It was like kind of like the female version, like wasn't it Weeds where she yes, was yeah, like the yeah, mum yeah. and she was a, 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 yeah, like kind of a dope yeah. dealer or something like that. So
1: Yeah, and I think the thing too is that I think um, it becomes something more become, that is his, his catchphrase or not really catchphrase, but um, his, his kind of thing that he says over and over to justify this is that he's doing this for his family, you know, and in his mind at this point, in the show. He is, you know, like he's doing this and you know, he's really one of the reasons he's ramping up production as fast as he is is because he wants to make sure he's there to to leave something behind for his family. And so, um, you know, That will change. Um, His motivations will change. Um, But at the moment, um, the the ethics are really interesting because he is absolutely doing this. You know, he's using the one skill that he's got um, with chemistry to to make some fast money for his family. So, um, you know, like I think from his perspective, it's all justified at the moment because the, the ends justify the means right now.
0: And there was, I think, an important line we kind of gelled over was that last week where Jesse was talking about his aunt and basically Walt sort of asked, like, how long did she last? And he said, like, seven months. So that kind of, like, you know, spurred him on a little bit, like, oh, fuck, I better hurry up. This might not last long. Um, And you're right because, like, kind of what happens with this show is kind of like, you know, power maybe gets to Walt a little bit more and it sort of becomes a little bit more than just uh, doing it for his family and kind of that's what the development is. And kind of this final scene is almost... Kind of it follows that path because you've kind of got Walt and, you know, Walt's kind of getting a bit big in his boots now, isn't he? Like, oh, this is not that bad. Like, I stood up to Tuco. I've blown up a thing. Like, you know, I'm making meth. I'm making money. This is pretty easy. And kind of then we get this sequence where Walt delivers the, the meth. Uh, there was sort of, when they were cooking, uh, Walt is sort of saying, we're now cooking four and a half pounds to kind of give us a bit of capital and all that sort of stuff. So... He delivers the meth. It's blue, as you mentioned before, and kind of Tuco's not too happy about this, but then he tries it and he's all like, whoa, this is still great. You know, yep, let's keep going this. And then we've got random goon henchman who basically just speaks his mind and he's basically like, what does he say? Like, and don't you forget, uh, remember who you're working for, man. Yeah. So then yeah. Tuco, and this is kind of where it kind of almost brings Walt back down to earth, that this isn't maybe as easy as he's thinking because – He's old unstable Tuco in an amazing shirt again, um, <laughs> who just basically unloads on this guy and he's basically like, What do you think? He's stupid? What do you think? I'm stupid. And then he just beats the absolute shit out of this guy. I don't. Does he beat him to death? Or is it just he's just knocked him out? I don't know if it's implied that he's dead or. Well, I, I thought he I, was. I, I, I thought they left his body for them. I, I'm thinking of a yeah. Different... I think
1: I, th- I I think I think we come back and and almost replay a similar scene in, in the start of season two. So right. yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we kind of come back here. So no, I think he does survive this um but I could be wrong yeah we'll have, we'll have to come back in season two and, and um try and remind ourselves what happened there I've actually got a, a handy little death chart in my my infamous book so wow. I might just flick through that and see if I can if I can see that fellow there and, and get a bit of a, a, a taste on when he yeah I, I I think so I've kind of got um without I don't think it's too much of a spoiler here but you know we we're talking about episode one of season two he's um um this guy's kind of down as dead so i don't know if we get like a flashback or if the body gets dropped back here after he dies but um I, from my memory i think kind of there's a whether they get him back to the pad or they take him back out there and he kind of like starts going into a seizure and you know, there's no, something yeah, like that you're right, so, yeah, yeah so yeah.
0: i'm reading on breaking bad wiki that uh we do find out what happens to him basically in the next episode. So yeah. Um, yeah. he's Nodos is his name. We talked No-Dose, about Nodos yeah. didn't we like yeah. a week or two ago with the sniffing yeah. of the Nodos. So yeah, there we go. Um yeah, I, I kinda just vaguely remembered there was some sort of scene of him being dead and yeah, I thought they left him and we'll, we'll see that next yeah. episode. But it's I mean, look, it it goes back to what we're saying about how obviously not meant to be the season finale. I mean, this is how it ends, basically this beating and kind of the shocked look on Walton Jesse's face, like, holy crap, like You know, I kinda like how he removes the sunglasses and puts his glasses back on and it's kind of like, whoa, it's 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 definitely a bit shocking and confronting, but I mean you know what I think would make this less confronting and shocking if we didn't see Tuco beat the shit out of Jesse last episode? If this was the first time we saw Tuco bash the shit out of someone, then maybe it's a bit more confronting. And going back to our point where famously it is known that Jesse was originally a one season character and he was meant to be killed off. One of the things I read was that this beating scene was meant to be him beating Jesse to death. That was kind mm. of implied that that's where it was going to go. Um, right. Obviously Jesse ended up being such a popular character. They never ultimately killed him off or do they? I don't know. <laughs> At least in the first season. Um, so that is one of the things I read about it potentially being, this is where Jesse was meant to die, but uh, yeah, so it doesn't, they walk off They're in shock. And kind of that's the end of the season. But, yeah, I I just... I just Because like, you kind of got this scene where you've got Tuco and his fist is covered in blood and he's just, like, going, like, yeah, like, you know, bring me more. I'll speak to you next week. And, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if we didn't see him bash the shit out of Jesse a week before, this would be maybe more confronting. It doesn't <clears throat> quite have the the spice in the end of a of future season finales but we've obviously gotten to bottom why it maybe doesn't quite have that feel
1: yeah yeah I think there's um, you know it is a really confronting scene as you say and I like one of the things that I really like is that kind of scene where like after he beats the shit out of this guy he kind of turns around and kind of like he's like yeah you know and he kind of like shows them his knuckles and they're all like completely mm. you know blistered up and and I think it kind of going back to that point that you know he's so kind of high on his own product that he's not feeling pain and um, you know that this is a guy that's going be a real problem to be dealing with for them so um yeah i i just think it's it's really important to show this because um yeah this is as as you rightly say like this is not going to be easy um he thinks he's just going to pass this product off to this guy and, and get money off him and and you know job done and and obviously that we wouldn't have a TV show if things were that simple. Yeah. Um so 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 yeah, I, I think it's a really useful way of kind of um you know making sure that that we show the difficulty that these guys are going to go through being in
0: this business. And that's one thing I was going to say. Like one thing I really like about it is it is every time you think they've kind of sorted out their issues, every time you think that they've gotten past something, oh fuck, and then they've moved on to something and they're they're in the clear there's always something that he's going to fuck up. Like it's kind of like in the opening episode, like you think they've gotten cooked this meth. Great. Fuck. They've got to kill two guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just, Mm. they've got a distributor, but fuck this guy's a bit unstable. And then kind of, we're going to get that more and more as we go on. And I like that. It's kind of that building up of him and his sort of power, but then there's always just the levels that you get to it. And there's a lot of these things that I actually forget that he kind of has to go through and kind of everything. Like I mentioned, you know, in the third episode, I forgot he killed someone so quickly. Um, So, yeah, and, like, again, look, this isn't a bad episode. We're going to get to that in just a second. But, like, it's 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 just, of all the finales, like, it's kind of not the one. Like, I think we said that with Nip Tuck again, that, like, you know, the season one finale did what it did, but on the grand scheme of well, if you're ranking the finales of Nip Tuck, I don't think that came out as our number one finale. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Better than season five's finale, but we won't get into that again. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it does the job. And it's a solid finale. It's not the greatest finale. It's not the greatest episode but it's not a terrible episode it's not the worst episode of the season in my eyes and we'll get to that in just a second but um yeah i guess before we rate rate it i mean do you have anything final thoughts any trivia in the book or anything i'm just going to flick through the trivia no here i mean got. i mean nothing
1: particular i think probably um you know in, in retrospect like i think we we over, we probably overanalyze well we definitely overanalyze these things let's be honest but um you know i think. Um, you know, I I think in retrospect is that I think if you could go back and kind of recut these and, and reorder them, um, you might have ended on episode six. You know, um, um. you know, if if your choice was you know finish on seven, because um, we can't do up to nine, um, then do we actually just? put nine, we put episode seven at the start of season two. Like I think this probably works really well as an opener after you've kind of seen, well, you know, leave Tuco's pad when it's blown up. You know, I think this is probably quite a good opening episode um, of of a season two, um, as opposed to a closing episode of season one. So it just kind of feels like not quite right um but yeah i think you're totally right that it's you know it's it's a perfectly good episode it just probably doesn't you know like we overthink these things and and you know like we're thinking about you know kind of flow and and all that kind of thing about how things lead into the next thing and and where they've come from um and it does just feel a little bit out of place you're definitely right about that
0: uh the one trivia that i will say is the episode title references a quote from the coen brothers film fargo which i've never seen nick have you seen Fargo, you um fargo i actually too? i haven't
1: i haven't seen the film but i've seen um the first season of the fargo tv show um wow. which is really good um really good show and quite similar to breaking bad actually it's got a, a kind of similar feel of of you know kind of somebody going a bit a bit crazy and um yeah some great actors in that so it's got martin freeman and um billy bob thornton's in it and yeah good show but yeah yeah same thing i was going to say about the episode title but um kind of just talking about, you know, the movie Fargo, which is kind of like the piling up of... of of scheme after scheme and problem after problem and it's kind of like this whole thing here of you know it says kind of you know Walt ends up turning what he thought was a non-violent solution into a blood bar thinking he can turn the meth world into a secure rational business Walt has a rude awakening in store as he learns firsthand what a rough stuff type deal really is so mm. yeah it's that's kind of where it's come from so yeah it's, it's a hard episode title to say but it kind of makes sense in, in that perspective I guess.
0: A couple of things we already pointed out in this episode. Yeah, the first appearance of the blue meth and the first uh, introduction to the Heisenberg attire of the Hat and the Shades. This is the only season finale not to be written by Vince Gilligan, if you exclude the mm. mid season finale of season five. And also, uh, we mentioned before about um, Crazy Eight and how we didn't really see the disposal of his body. But uh, yeah, Jesse says in this episode, I got two dudes that turned into raspberry slushy and flushed down my toilet. Yes, basically uh, confirming that Crazy Eight was also dissolved and flushed. So I think we kind of mentioned that. Yeah, we didn't see that, but it's kind of implied. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, ratings, Nick. Uh, what are you doing with this episode?
1: Um, well, I'm, I'll buy it. I mean, it's it's definitely not um, a, a really strong buy, um, but you know, I think it's still got more than enough of what I'm looking for in the show um I think actually if you strip out the the Marie stuff from this episode it's actually a very very strong episode it's just that that stuff kind of slows you down at the wrong points so yeah I think that the, the Marie stuff is a problem for me and I think um the ending doesn't really lack the kind of punch I would hope for but I think we've talked about maybe why that is the case and, and you know like if I'm going to look at this as as one big story and we're not going to worry too much about what's a finale and what's a you know like where things sit i don't have as much of a problem with that ending because it's just a kind of natural flow into the next episode that we're going to watch so um yeah I'm, I'm willing to give it a little bit being a first season episode that the not everything's going to absolutely work um you know the one episode that i have um rented from this season um was episode four and i think it's a it's it's much much better than that episode um so you know i think probably episode four was a very mild you know it was just in the rent category so this this is definitely a tip over into into the buy but it would probably be my second least favorite episode of, of the season
0: you've done exactly the same as me i'm gonna buy it as well and yeah, you know, i've ranked at six uh my lowest buy but again like it's it's not a bad episode per se. It's just, you know, you're not going to sort of remember this as the greatest finale. And like, I know sort of in Nip Tuck, we talked about the finales being a big thing. Certain shows that we covered on this show, Lost is very renowned for its finales and pretty much all the best episodes of finales. 24 is going to be another one, similar thing where the finales are kind of the build up and you, you're getting there. Whereas, yeah, as you kind of said, some shows, yeah, the finale is a big deal, but it's also not a massive deal. You know, it's kind of like... but I mean, Breaking Bad will become that show, but like the first season, you know... But you would still rank this finale of Breaking Bad as better than a large portion of the Nip Tuck episodes we covered. You know, things like that. You know, yeah. it's kind of... You look at that. Um, into your, If you've got the IMDb rating, just while you're doing that, I'm going to look here at uh, Vulture ranked this as... If I can find the episode number 28. So a top half episode... Uh, is what they ranked this episode where the ringer ranked this as number 35 so similar ish to there. kind of kind of
1: mi- round the middle maybe slightly below the middle depending on on your personal take on it which kind of feels about right to me it's a, it's an 8.9 on 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 um an IMDb which you know like for Breaking Bad you know a lot of these episodes are, um, are in the nine point something um, and so 8.9 is is still a, a really good episode of a show but it's before Breaking Bad it's probably one of the lower rated ones um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really quite funny like it's, it's so funny now you know if I see it if I see something on Netflix I'm like oh that kind of looks good and I'll jump onto IMDb just to give me an idea of like you know is this show getting you know eights or is it getting fives per episode and if something it's getting like sevens. So I'm like, oh, yeah, seven, seven and a half. That, that sounds okay. And then we're kind of watching a show where if something doesn't get a nine, it's considered not a great episode of the season. And, you yeah. know, so we – we're riding on a curve here for sure, you know, and I'm, I'm really trying to keep that in mind and, and and not be too harsh on these episodes that may not be absolutely amazing because, you know, still as, a, as an episode of TV, they're still miles better than most of the stuff you'll see on TV. So, yeah, just just trying to be as fair as possible, really.
0: Which which I think leading into next week, obviously it's our season one recap, and it's it's this is a rare show. This might be the only show that we're covering we've ever covered on the Oz Network where generally the shows we cover, they... Are renowned for their great early seasons, and they kind of taper off towards the end. And you know, by the end, like a nip tuck, we were going, "Ah, oh, season six, here we go." Third watch, <laughs> it was season six, here we go. You know, Lost will be different when we get there because Lost is divisive when it comes out. I mean, I definitely know when we get to twenty-four, season six, we're like, "Fuck, we're we still here." Um, whereas this is the opposite. And like the graphic here is, if you go to the Breaking Bad Wikipedia page, I've got a little graph here of the metacritic and rotten tomatoes score lines basically of it how much it increased over the years so for example season 1 on metacritic had a 73 rating and on rotten tomatoes an 83 rating the f- the remaining 4 seasons on rotten tomatoes all have a 100 rating Whereas on Metacritic, you have an 84 on Season 2, an 88 on Season 3, a 96 on Season 4, and a 98 on Season 5. So this might be the the first show, and depending what we cover in the future, I know Better Call Saul, if we continue on with that, is a similar thing, like the trajectory of that keeps getting higher, where it's a rarity that the show keeps getting better as it goes on. And that's a very rare thing in television that you ever get that. So um, so that's that's one thing to really pay attention to, that we're kind of covering maybe the the least exciting critically acclaimed season of breaking bad and this is still a very highly critical season so we might talk a little bit about that next week but um interesting didn't really kind of look at it that way so uh yeah but uh, next week as i said we'll be back to um wrap up the season if you've never listened to our tv series coverage um just kind of a general overview of thoughts and favorite episodes and characters and things like that and we'll uh rank our top five officially solidify our five key hall of fame moments for the season and uh we generally rank the seasons but next week's gonna be pretty easy so uh <laughs> stay tuned to that uh, in the meantime listen to our other great coverage out there 24's happening and uh, other things going on too at the Oz Network and uh you'll hear how you can get involved in all that sort of stuff at the end of the show but I'll close it out by saying my name is Ben and I'm out I'm leaving town I'm, I'm moving to Oregon or something <laughs>
1: And my name's Nick, and where did that come from, and why was it so
0: damn good? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following